Welcome to Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett, and I'm here with uh, our international program specialist, Ellen Fell, and uh, she has a guest from South Africa, one of our international attendees, and I'm going to let her introduce uh, her good friend in a moment, but let's talk about first one of the highlights of the Heartbeat Conference. Uh, If you ask anyone who's attended so many times, they will say the Parade of Nations is their favorite part. Uh, So I am working the conference virtually this year, and Ellen is there in person. So I want to have her talk about what the Parade of Nations is, what it looks like, and then she and her guest can talk about what it felt like to be in that room and what the attendees were experiencing along with them. Well, good morning, Heartbeat family. It is uh, a joy to be with you this morning, and I'm truly sorry you are not here uh, to share these wonderful days with us, and especially frankly, the Parade of Nations. Uh, You are all with us in heart. It's always better to be there face to face. Um, The Parade of Nations is, uh, it is definitely a highlight for me. And when I see the Parade of Nations, what I see is not just a bunch of people carrying flags into a conference hall. Uh, what What I see and what I hope others see is the work of God around the globe in the pregnancy help movement, in the life-affirming movement. And as we have grown from, you know, 56 international uh, affiliated nations to where we are now at 84 uh, affiliated nations, that is the movement of God. So part of it is just cognitively thinking, this, God is moving around the world, and I'm part of that movement. But boy, when you see a sea of color, all those flags representing 84 nations, and you see that sea of color starting to move from the back of the hall down the, this year we had five aisles, um, and then gathering, gathering at the front of the hall. and That sea of color, that representation of God's work around the world, it is the most amazing, most inspiring thing uh, because it is the foretaste of what we all long for, not just the end of abortion today, unthinkable in future generations, but the glory of God covering the earth as the waters cover the sea the, the foretaste of that day that we all long for when every language, every tribe, every nation, every people group will be represented at the throne of God. That is what the Parade of Nations is for me. And, and that's why I love it. That's why I love it. Danielle, do you have a a thought on that? Well, good morning, everybody. I agree with everything that Ellen said. In fact, as she's describing it, I'm visualizing what I experienced the other night, and it is such a joy to be a part of that. And I think in addition to what she said, I would just like to add the sense of community and the sense of unity that exists amongst all of us. We just we know that we're all working shoulder to shoulder 
together to um, to advance pregnancy help in the world. And yeah, that's a special feeling. It's mm-hmm. one of the highlights of my time at conference is carrying my flag and my country being called as I walk up to the stage. And people, you know, the attendees, they just love it. They love to know that they are part of something mm-hmm. bigger, something outside of the United States of America that involves 84 countries around the world. So it is a special time. I did want to add as well that in the last uh, two conferences, we we had to do things a little bit differently because of COVID. But uh, so what we did was we wanted uh, the, the the nations represented. And so we, we called forth uh, for volunteers from among our US-based centers to, to come and carry flags. And and uh, it was a scramble, not because we couldn't find anybody. It was a scramble because so many people said, I want to do that. I want to carry this flag because I, I spent a semester there or I want to I have a heart for this nation or I have a missions partner in that nation. I want to carry that flag. It was phenomenal. And, and I think that's that is also the beauty of conference when you we are able to bring national representatives together with. U.S.-based affiliated centers, and they meet each other. They see that they're sisters and brothers, not only in Christ, but in labor, in the vineyard, and um, to, to, to make those connections and to make those connections available, uh, not just from carrying the flag, but all the way to taking an international out for, for dinner and uh, sharing about what your center, what the U.S.-based center does, uh, and sharing hearts, sharing life and work. Uh, I think that's the other opportunity that we have at conference. So thank you, Christine, for that opportunity to just share about what we love. Oh, thank you for really painting that picture of what it's like and and what you're experiencing there at conference. Um, Ellen, can you introduce, uh, give us some background on your relationship with Danielle uh, from South Africa and what's happening in that country and uh, how countries in America can really partner with international organizations and uh, just develop that relationship because the pregnancy help work truly is international. Well, it is a joy to welcome my friend and my work colleague, Danielle Gradwell, who is the director of Pregnancy Help Network. Uh, And some people who've been around for a while may know it as uh, Africa Cares for Life. Um, It is the uh, network of pregnancy help centers in South Africa uh, and Zimbabwe, including Zimbabwe. And um, Danielle and I have, we were just talking about that this morning. I think we've we've met about 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago. And um, so we've had play dates with uh, Danielle here in the United States, and I've had the honor of being, having a play date there in South Africa as well. Uh, she is an amazing woman. She is a godly woman. And it is my pleasure to introduce you to Danielle Gradwell. Danielle, tell us a little bit about um, yourself and a little bit about uh, your network. Okay. Thanks, Ellen, for that wonderfully warm introduction. <laughs> when she says she's an amazing woman, I want to look behind my shoulder to see who she's speaking oh, about. Oh, stop. <laughs> um, 
So Pregnancy Help Network was birthed in about 2000 as Africa Cares for Life by a group of pregnancy center leaders who realized that they, they didn't really fit into another network. And so they decided to start their own network. So there was about five ladies, um, some of who are still involved, but not many. They got together and they, they Africa Cares for Life was born. And Gail Schreiner, who was um, one of the center leaders, Leaders who started this movement took up the the role of executive director, and so it went on for you know up till now. And in 2020, I think, in fact, I just want to say the name change started here in Texas in 2019, when I was in my room and I, I would I had just attended the World Council of Pregnancy Help, and I felt the Lord saying it's time. It's time for a name change. And that was where it was birthed, 2019, March 2019, April, March or April. And I remember going back and the rest of my team were not delighted, but I knew that the Lord had spoken. So I just kept gently pushing and saying and, and telling my reasons, one of which I felt God had had. Um, you know, spoken into that. But I just felt like we really needed to be able to be found by people, by potential leaders who perhaps thought they want to do something, they want to start a center, but also by those clients who might be looking for pregnancy help online and come across our network and realize that there they are many pregnancy centers who could help. So um, that happened, you know, well, we kind of introduced it during 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, as if that wasn't enough to deal with. And um, that's where we are now. So um, our official name is still Africa Cares for Life, but our trading as name is Pregnancy Help Network. And so a little bit about me, gosh, you know, I think really I started working in this in this community in 2005 as a pregnancy help leader. But really, my calling started when I was a student and I experienced an unexpected pregnancy and went to a pregnancy center. And I think that's really where it started, although I was probably too dumb to realize it back then. But um, yeah, when I look back, I see every step of the journey has been preparing me for this position I find myself in now. Um, tell us a little bit about the network. So the network is, we, we have about 70 something centers in our network. And um, I, I know I should know that, uh, you know, that number off by heart, but I'm excited to tell you that there are a number, I want to say, because we in pregnancy help that are being conceived as we talk, <laughs> some who are in the first trimester, some yeah. who are in the second trimester, some who are about to be birthed. And it is so exciting for me as a leader to journey. That's really my heart is our vision is to see a pregnancy help organization in every community in South Africa, because no woman should ever have to navigate a pregnancy on her own. And so we re that's what we, what we as a tribe, uh, which is what I call our network, as a tribe long for, is that there, there should be something available to everybody. And um, so... So the network looks different. We don't we don't own any centers. We don't they are autonomous, but we come alongside, we connect them with each other, we um we support them with training and resources and the tools of the trade that they need to be able to be effective. And in that way, we advance pregnancy help in Southern Africa. Well, thank you for that. Um, and I suppose I should know that number exactly as well, but I don't. <laughs> um because you know what? It's not all about 
nickels and noses. It's it's it is about relationship, and I think that uh, you know we here in in the United States we and in in anybody's respective countries what you know is only what you know. So we don't know a lot about what is it like in South Africa. Tell us if you can a little bit about the landscape. Uh, as a director of the Pregnancy Help Network, tell us tell us about the landscape there. So the landscape of um, South Africa, apart from and physically apart from our beautiful and a beautiful beautiful country, the diversity, but the actual landscape of what pregnancy help is like, it's. It's hard because we are a very under-resourced country. There's a lot of wealth, but there's more poverty than there is wealth. We have a 34% unemployment rate. Obviously, this has worsened um, after COVID. It's very poor. Clients um, do not have access to you know, endless amounts of data and Wi-Fi and uh, transport. And so even for a, for a client to to come into physically to um, a center, it, it's not easy for, for, for them to do that. So we have to take all of that into account as we offer pregnancy help. Many of the centers will actually provide food to clients as well, because, you know, it's all very well to, to talk through the crisis that they're experiencing, but if they're t- if their bellies are empty, you know, it's that, that's, the, that's the primary need right there. Um, we also have many challenges in terms of, um, you know, electricity supply and um, those kinds of protest action, um, even though protest action in South Africa can look very different to everywhere else because somehow when people are protesting, they look like they're having a good time because they're dancing because the African beat is everywhere. <laughs> and um, But it can quickly escalate escalate into violence. And last year, I don't know if anybody knows that we had this, um, you know, this protest because our ex-president had been um, arrested and many of, it was a very well thought of, uh, thought out planned protest action that quickly escalated into just uh, criminality. You know, it, it escalated into burning of stores and looting of stores and just it was chaos especially in in the in the region where i where, where our, our head office is actually based which is KwaZulu Natal so i'm sad to say we lost a lot of resources because okay let me stop you there for just a minute again we only know what we know when you tell our listeners we lost everything what does that look like okay let me explain. We had a warehouse, a small warehouse um, full of extra resources, um, booklets that we have designed and printed and we make available to the center leaders who then obviously make available free of charge to clients. Some of our historical records, um, resources, you know, flags for our um, parade of nations that we do at our conference, um, pamphlets, brochures that are provided um, to pregnancy centers to be able to distribute to clients, the baby fetal models, you know, just the tools of our trade were, were reduced, what people couldn't, we had some excess furniture in there as well, what people couldn't carry away, they lit, they, they lit a match, they put a match to and burnt it to the ground. So that, so, you know, that came 
right on the back of a pandemic. It was what our country could ill afford. So our, uh, is Pregnancy Help Network then basically trying to build up its supply of yeah. We are trying resources. to rebuild rebuild everything. I mean, fortunately, we had we, we had an emergency supply in our office, so we are still able to distribute to the centers, but that is something that we, we are working hard at to just um, replace all those resources that were lost. Obviously, the historical paperwork, well, that's gone yes. forever. We, we can never replace that. The history of our organization, every single heartbeat conference that I've been to, every bag I've ever received, every program, all gone. And I think when I start to think about the enormity of it, it kind of reduces me to tears. So I try not to. Mm. I uh, would want to just touch on something. And um, did you mention whether ab abortion is legal in South Africa? Okay, let me talk about that. Um, so abortion is legal. It's legal right until full term, obviously with different um, criteria in place. So in the first trimester, no questions asked. You just go to your nearest hospital and they will provide you with an abortion. Um, and then in the second and third trimester, it becomes, there are a criteria that have to be met, but it is legal. We have one of the most um, liberal constitutions in the world. And obviously, um, abortion forms part of that. So um, there are private abortion providers that um, will, will also, you know, provide abortions for a, for a fee. And then we have an enormous amount of what we call backstreet abortion providers. And this looks like literally a man on a corner selling cytotic pills to um, unsuspecting young women who really do not even know what abortion looks like, practically speaking. They just think if they take these miraculous pills or miracle pills, that the problem will go away. They are not warned about anything. They're not warned that it's going to look like bringing on uh, labor. So many of them find our network when it's too late. They've taken these tablets and they never were prepared for what was going to happen. And so it, there's just not enough preparation and counseling, even the ones that are done by the government themselves. And I know this because we worked in an abortion clinic offering 11th hour counseling. And I actually heard what these young women would be told when they, it, it, and it was described as counseling. And literally, it was a tiny percentage of what to expect. That was it. So, I, uh, Danielle and I had a really interesting little pre conversation to this. And um, I, I felt like she came up with just a, a brilliant question to ask some of the clients. Danielle was the director of a center before she was the director of the, the network. And um, I, I just wanted to ask you, Danielle, could you just share a little bit about the question, which I think is, is really well asked because there is so little information given? Yeah. So I think the question is just, do you know what to expect when you take these pills, because I think so many of these young women think that they, they and 
And I just want to say, I wonder how many of those backstreet abortion providers are even selling them the real deal. If it's just, you know, you know, it could be a, an aspirin with the name scratched off and these young women are so desperate that they're paying money to get something that is was never designed to work in any case. But for those who do actually get access to, you know, the actual abortion pill, we we just realize that they are not prepared. They don't know what what is going to happen. And so often the question that we ask is, do you know how this works? Do you know what to expect? And for some who are later in their pregnancy and can't get access to a legal abortion because they're too far and they don't meet the criteria, they we have learned to ask, what will happen if you give birth to um, a fetus, a baby that is still breathing? Have you thought about what your next step will be? And I know 80% have not thought about that. And I know because I had a client myself when I was a leader who, who was in that exact situation. She didn't know. She hadn't thought about what her next step would be. Well, Danielle, this is also helpful for us. Um, and we appreciate the fact that you're helping to share with us what life looks like in a, in a different culture and in a different landscape. I think the, the last couple of questions I want to ask you is, um, as you think about it, and uh, you're here in, in, uh, on a podcast and in America, and uh, as the international program specialist, you know that my heart, my desire is to connect internationals with, with domestic, with U.S.-based centers. So how, how can U.S.-based centers, center directors who are hearing this and think, you know what, I didn't get a chance to meet her at conference or for our virtual you know, listeners right now, our, our family, our away, our away family right now, how can they get in touch? How can they come alongside you, Pregnancy Help Network, and the women that are in South Africa, how can they come alongside you and say, I'm here, I, I want to help? Well, Ellen, there's no easy way to answer that. But I think, you know, number one, um, we need prayer. Um, like, like everybody does who's doing this work, because it's hard. We need prayer. We need encouragement. We need resources. Um, Every center in South Africa, every of those 75 centers does not, do not have ultrasound machines. We almost wonder how you can do this work without an ultrasound machine. Um, they don't have the big budgets. They have tiny, I mean, it, you know, tiny little budgets. They struggle. They limp along. Some of them can't even um can't even come to the trainings that we offer because even that is prohibitively expensive. And yet, if I had to tell you what our trainings cost, it, it, it probably would make you smile because <laughs> it would be, it would be um, so little. And but you know, even to start a pregnancy center, people ask me all the time, how does how much does it cost to start a pregnancy center? And I wish I had a magical number, but obviously it depends on so many different aspects. Are they going to rent? Have they been given a you know um, a, a, a property? Um, are they going to rent? But I, what I can tell you is it costs um, about $75 
for one pregnancy center leader to go through all of our trainings that we have developed to equip somebody to start well and to to be able to provide services to clients. $75 for one person. And I know, you know, for us, for the average um, South African in nonprofit work, because we are not assisted by the government or um, or big corporations, or even um, since COVID, social responsibility programs offered by businesses, that's taken a huge knock. So they literally are on their own looking for seed money, looking for access to our um, our trainings. And a part of what I do is source funds to be able to offer that at a greatly reduced price to these center leaders and sometimes to to gift it completely because I know it for me it's more important that they get started than than about the money. But um they it, it's hard for them. Pregnancy Help Network is part of the Life Reach Global program that Heartbeat offers. Is that that's correct, that's isn't it? Right, All yes. right. So one place that anybody that's interested uh, reading a little bit more about Pregnancy Help Network, you can go to the Life Reach Global link. Um, I wanted to just uh, give a shout out as well. I think it was last year during uh, COVID that um, Pregnancy Help Network launched its Facebook. Yes. Paige, what, what, just briefly tell us what that's about. Since 2015, when I really took over the reins and I came to Heartbeat and I learned all about the different programs that Heartbeat were offering, one of the, the things that excited me the most was Option Line. And I remember having a, con- a conversation with Jarrell about what that could possibly look like in South Africa. And he was using terms that I didn't even know existed. And we have a, a I mean, most people do not have telephone landlines in South Africa. And Cell phones are expensive and cell phone calls are still expensive and, again, prohibitive to most most of the young people. And so I realized I kind of feel like God parked that for me. And then last year, we realized that a way – we learned from others. Um, isn't that what we all do? And we realized that a way that we could attract young people was through Facebook because they can use Facebook as a search engine and it's free. So we started what is called the Pregnancy Help Essay Facebook page. And that is totally aimed at clients. It's totally geared, marketed towards those who are pregnant and they don't know what their next step is, or they're thinking about an abortion, or they're thinking what options, or they're thinking what is my next step. And it's manned every day by volunteers from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And they use Facebook Messenger to talk in real time with a a counselor who is able to just navigate it. And if there is a pregnancy center in their region, can refer them to the pregnancy center. So it's also increased marketing for the pregnancy help centers because they have another source of um, clients finding their centers. And to date, I mean, it's it's climbing every day. The the volunteers are always letting me know. what. what And I know it's not always about the metrics. These are people's lives. But we are sniffing at probably by now 1,800 since the 1st of March last year, which might sound like a a small number. But we're starting to see the testimonies come through, which is so exciting for me. Well, that is exciting. It is all. And and I know that uh, Pregnancy Help Network is also really devoted to a, a specific program to start centers, uh, which we appreciate. And uh, you've got 
Facebook, reaching out. And um, Danielle, it is always a joy to see you personally, but uh, we'll take virtually when we need to. Mm -hmm. Thank you for coming. Thank you for everything you're doing for the women and the children and the families in South Africa. It is a pleasure and an honor to work with you and uh, onward. Absolutely, Ellen. And it's always a pleasure to work with Heartbeat who just come alongside us and help us to be better. It is our pleasure. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Danielle. And thank you, Ellen. It really is a blessing to be able to hear what's happening around the world in pregnancy help. Uh, It helps us just feel a little bit more connected to each other. So thank you for sharing that. Um, If you're listening to this and you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe and you can hear some of our other uh, episodes coming up. I know we have a couple of episodes from the conference from our international attendees. So this has been really cool to get to um, record these in person. So thank you all and have a great rest of your day.